Welcome to episode 213 of the Various and Sundry podcast. I'm your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from the Manahan Orthopedic Capital Center on the beautiful campus of Grace College and Theological Seminary by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who was once the RD of Beta Hall, John Scott Sloat. Doc, what's going on? Yes, well... Oh my goodness. As you can tell... Yes, uh, we are in front of a live audience here in chapel. This is the third year that we've done this. Yeah, this it's fun every time. Yeah, I, I don't well, know what I else mean, to say about it. It's a good time. It is. It is. Though I've I've got a beef. You got a problem? Yeah. So we have. I think we might have some guests in the crowd today, and we we love that you're here. But today is a presidential scholarship competition day on campus. Yep. And they don't bring them to camp to, to chapel here to hear us. Do they ever bring them to chapel? Um, or is this just specific towards us that they don't want them to see? Well, you I'm and told I? they never bring them to chapel. Okay. But I choose to be personally offended anyway. Okay. I mean, that's my right as American, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll pass that on to Mark. Yes, thank you. Okay. So um, we love being in front of this this live audience. If you're new to the podcast, we do have a Twitter feed. It is at V and S pod. You can email the show if you still know how to do that. Uh, various and sundry podcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. That's more for your parents than you. And uh, we're also on YouTube. And we would love for you, if you have already listened to the podcast, to go on to the podcast app, give us a five-star rating and a kind review. You can, you can write anything you want in the review. I'm really open to criticism, but we need the five stars. Yeah, absolutely. For the yes. algorithm, so, we need the five stars. I know we generally discourage phone use in chapel, but we're going to encourage you to go right now in the podcast app to the Various and Sundry podcast. Look it up, subscribe, like it. and Five stars. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, all right, John. Let's start with our sports update, and since we are live in chapel, it's going to be all grace sports. Lovely. Yeah, let's do it. So, um, it, uh, are you aware that we have some really good basketball teams on campus? Are you aware of this? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, last night, uh, we completed a sweep of that team up north. Yeah. That's right. Yes, the, uh, the women's team... Won eighty to fifty six. Yeah, that, that's like a curb stomping, quite yeah, frankly. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 a beat down. Yeah. yeah. The, by the way, can I say about that school? What a terrible mask. Uh, what what a terrible. <laughs> they pilot ships. Yeah. Like, what even is that? I don't know. Anyway. 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 So, uh, yes, uh, the the women's team, uh, led by Maddie Ryman, a Warsaw grad, averaging seventeen plus points a game three assists, and she recently became the all-time leading scorer in That's Grace awesome. Women's Basketball. Let's yeah, clap it up for it Maddie. Up. Yeah. Yeah, she has over 2,000 career points. That's remarkable. Um, and also, uh, they are coached by a certifiably crazy man named Dan Davis. Yeah, I'm not convinced he sleeps. Like, he's just, he's just energy all the time. That man has... Some unbelievable natural energy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. Um, and a great southern twang as well. So uh, let's talk about our men's team. Yes. 
the number one ranked Grace Lancers, currently now 19-0, I think. I believe so, yeah. Okay, and they also beat Bethel last night, that team up north. I'm sorry, I'm not supposed yeah. to say that in chapel. Uh, so, uh, yeah, did, I, I watched the game. I wasn't there. H- how many of you went to the game? There was a Grace crowd there. Clap it up if you went to the game last night. Yeah, okay. Some of you were there. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be honest, it felt like we kind of slept walk through the first half there. Okay. And uh, it's, almost like, it's almost like we're kind of, you know, playing with our prey a little bit, you know? It's like <laughs> the predator that kind of plays with his prey and then decides, all right, that's enough. We're going we're, we're gonna to take it to him. So um, you, you may have heard of this guy named Elijah Malone. He's a tall guy, he's right? A, he's, a, he's, he's a big guy. Uh, he is on the Bevo Francis watch list for the best small college basketball player in the country. Averages about 17 and a half a game, eight and a half rebounds. And this is what's crazy. He shoots 65% from the floor, mm-hmm. 82% from the free throw line, and over 43% from three-point range. That is unbelievable. Yes, absolutely. And uh, we, have to, we also have to mention the, the Gibbs brothers, I think. Okay. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're in their they're in their 17th year here at Grace. Yeah, it they've does been feel like they've been here a long ever. time, right? Yes. Yes. Um, they will soon collect retirement benefits uh, if we keep <laughs> it up. But uh, they they are a dominant force as well. Uh, this is the deepest Grace team I've ever seen. Yeah. In I, I honestly years. I think it's the deepest team since I think the coach was the point guard. That might be for, might for be. the team. They they've got a legit chance to to win it all. So that would be exciting. Uh, and next game is Saturday? Saturday, yeah. Big event here in the MOCC. And it's an alumni day, and I just talked to our alumni director. We have almost 250 alumni signed up to come to the game. Uh, we're hoping for over 300 alumni, plus all of you at the game as well. So yeah. it should be a ton of fun. Absolutely. Great environment. So, all right, John, uh, time for our main topic here. What are we talking about today? Uh, we're talking about the local church and why it's important. We are, yeah. So uh, this is our third time in chapel, and uh, first year we talked about dating and relationships. Yeah, that created some buzz. A little bit, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I told the story of how I started dating my wife. That yep. was a crowd favorite, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year we talked about finding God's will. Yep. And now this year we are talking about uh, why the local church matters. So, John, why this topic? Um, Besides the fact we need content. Yeah, we need content, first and foremost. And Brent told us we couldn't just come up here and talk. We had to have something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, the, the definition of the local church is an important thing. It's important in Scripture, right? All the letters of Paul we see are, for the most part, uh, written to churches or to leaders of churches. And so... Uh, it seems to be really important in the New Testament, and it's something where there's a lot of question marks around the local church today. Yeah. So, uh, I think one of the key things, and, and Brent does a great job of emphasizing this, but I think it's an opportunity for us to chime in and echo it, is that chapel is not intended to be a replacement for the local church. It's a, it's a supplement, no doubt, but it is not intended to replace the local church. It is a good thing. It's a great thing, yeah. Um, but why? Why is chapel not the local church? 
Well, there's just something unique about the gathered local body of believers that are committed to each other in fellowship, who gather weekly for worship, to hear God's Word preached, to pray, to sing, to give generously. And um, again, as great as chapel is, this is not intended to replace that. Mm -hmm. I, I would add to that, the local church has ages that are all over the map. Yes. We don't really have that here. What? I, like, I know Dr. T. Van's in the front row over here, but uh, we do not have ages, we, we, we do not have a ton of gray hair in the room. That's true. Um, That's so we true. need ages all over the place. We need some sort of uh, leadership structure. We need some sort of ecclesiology. We, mm -hmm. need, we need something. The chapel doesn't provide for us and isn't intended yeah. to provide for us. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, about your experience as a Grace college student. You're a Grace grad, both yeah. undergrad and seminary. Let's talk about undergrad days first. Okay. What was your experience like in the local church? So I, I have a vivid memory of my freshman year. I was talking to a guy, and I've, I've told this guy this story at this point, but a guy named Matt Baldwin. Mm -hmm. uh, he was a senior when I was a freshman, and I ran into him out here on Beta Field, and we were just talking, and, and I was mentioning that I'd like to be an RA or a growth group leader, you know, you know, something like that. And he goes, those are good things, but I made a decision that I was going to be in the local church in some sort of capacity serving. Mm -hmm. And uh, he really made a case for it, made a strong case for it, and that has always stuck with me, yeah. uh, that I wanted to be... be a person that was, or a Grace College student that was committed to the local church. And so through undergrad for me, I was uh, serving in a local church. I was teaching junior high Sunday school. I was uh, setting up and tearing down chairs regularly. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was doing, I, I was at church as a Grace College student probably, probably at least twice a week, um, okay. including Sunday morning. So my experience was a little different. I went to um, Ohio University down in Athens. Uh, One of the top party schools in the it, country. It yes. is, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, I, I went to be a sports broadcaster, of all things. Yeah. And this is as close as you've gotten. <laughs> well, uh, I have done some of the live streams. <laughs> That's true. With yeah. my son, Jake, when he did play-by-play. -play. That was a lot of fun. But uh, so I was involved in crew, Mm -hmm. This is, again, a secular university. And one of my regrets, honestly, is that I was not more involved in mm. the local church, that I essentially treated crew as a replacement for the local church. I still went to church every Sunday, but I didn't get plugged in. I didn't get involved, really, in any meaningful could you, way. For, could you give 30 seconds on what crew is? Yeah. So Campus Crusade for Christ, it's a campus ministry uh, that meets on college campuses around the country, around the world. And uh, they've abbreviated their name to Crew. So, mm -hmm. yes. Thanks for catching that. I, I, I get into that mode where I assume people know about Crew. Most people probably do. But um, so from your own benefit, like think back to your college days. Okay. What were some tangible benefits from being involved in the local church that you experienced? So w one of the benefits for me was... Uh, I was a ministry major. I was invited to be a part of elder board meetings. I wow. wasn't allowed to speak or to vote or anything <laughs> like that. Okay. Um, but I got to be able to hear about real people with real problems in our church. Um, mm -hmm. 
So I'll never forget, uh, it was actually in the springtime, uh, but we had had weather sort of like we've been having the last couple of weeks, a yeah. lot of rain, a lot of snow, a lot of, um, a lot of moisture just mm-hmm. everywhere. And uh, I remember one of the big prayer requests we talked about was local farmers uh, losing crops, uh, mm-hmm. having their land wash away. And that's just something as a Grace College <laughs> student taking Christianity and critical thinking that I was just not thinking about. <laughs> yeah. uh, thinking about the guy whose livelihood is baked into how much water falls mm-hmm. from the sky. Yeah. Uh, and so being able to work with those people, or I think of another family in our church that I got connected with at the time, where uh, they had had uh, three kids on their own. They had had, they had a, a done a next to kin adoption. So they adopted, I believe, his sister's daughter. Mm-hmm. And they realized in the midst of this that she had three other kids in the foster system. And being able to pray through that, they ended up adopting those three kids. Wow. Uh, and so being prayerful about like finding a 16 passenger van for them to tow their family around town. <laughs> yeah. Uh, trying to figure out like, where are they going to live? You know, where, where, where are they shoehorning children? Um, uh, you know, like Harry, under the stairs. Yeah. Like yeah, Harry Potter Harry underneath Potter. the yeah, stairs. Exactly. Um, and, and you know, uh, other, other things as well. Like I, I think about um, the local church I was a part of uh, our senior pastor's wife got pancreatic cancer mm. And eventually died uh, from that. And I, and I remember encircling his house as a local church body and praying mm-hmm. uh, for their family before and after her death. And, yeah. and so having that sort of close community, I, I can't name like a one specific way it shaped me, one specific way it mm-hmm. formed me, uh, but it's, it's definitely had a massive impact uh, yeah. on who I am. Yeah, and I think uh, to come back to one of the points you made earlier, just about the the value of being around uh, people that are not your own age. Mm-hmm. You know, the, it's easy to 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 be in this grace bubble here, where you're only interacting basically with people in the you know that 18 to 23 uh, range, and uh, and not being around more seasoned saints. Yeah, I, I just remember this is during my seminary days sitting in a Sunday school class, and at this point, I was most of the way through my seminary degree. And so, you know, I have more formal education than just about anybody else in that room at that point in terms of Bible and theology. Sure. And yet every Sunday when I heard more seasoned saints reflect on Scripture, on what God was doing in their lives, I was like, I don't know anything. (laughs) You know, like, I, I... I need to hear the 60-year-old widower talk about how Jesus has become even more sweet to her in the midst of her grief. Mm-hmm. I need to hear her testimony about that. And realistically, that's just not going to happen probably very often at least in a, in a context like yeah. chapel. Very few people on, on Grace's campus are complaining about the chronic arthritis that they're having that if you were in yeah. a small group with somebody that's much yeah. older than you, that, that you're probably going to hear about or, yeah. or something akin to it. I mean, Dr. Ratza probably does because he's old, yeah. but, um, <laughs> you know. Uh, so, uh, let's see. What else do we want to talk about here on this? Um, I think that uh, when we talk about the local church, one thing that I think students can, can fall into is 
church hopping. Yeah. Why is that a problem? Um, well, I, I mean, I, you know, I think we're supposed to be members. We're supposed to be participants. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be together. We're supposed to be in this uh, arm in arm. Yeah. Uh, and hopping around from church to church, or, or frankly, doing virtual church, yeah. uh, is not being linked arm to arm with people. Yeah. Um, you know, in a church hopping scenario, and I'm not necessarily saying this is you if you're doing this, uh, and there is a time and place to be searching for a church and to go around town and visit, uh, you know, the greatest hits of churches that Warsaw, Indiana has. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, once you settle on a church, get in, lock arms, uh, be with people. Um, it's it's going to change your life. Yeah, I think that uh, there's a place, especially like I'm thinking of our first year students here who uh, come to town, they're new to town. It makes sense for them to visit a number of different churches multiple times to get a sense of, okay, which church is going to be a, the best fit for me? I'm more thinking of the student who has been here multiple years and, you know, for three weeks we'll go to church A and then yep. another two weeks we'll go to church B and then one week we'll go to church C and then hop back to church B and then a couple weeks at church A. That, that's the kind of thing that I think is ultimately unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And I think in church hopping there's also a this is about me and, and, yeah. and being entertained at some level. Mm-hmm. Uh, when our, our vision for going to church, when we're entering in those church doors, when we, when we enter a worship service, being able to look at this as an opportunity uh, to worship the triune God, yeah. to hear his word preached, and to connect with the people around us. Um, that, that, that really needs to be mm-hmm. our, our focus going in. Yeah. And I think there's just something, and, and again, what we don't want people to hear us saying is, from a sort of almost legalistic perspective, you have to go to church. That's not the angle mm-hmm. we're taking here. The angle we're taking is you should want to go to church, and you have the opportunity here in this context where there are multiple good options to not just attend church like it's some box you're checking off on your spiritual to-do list, but as we've been talking about, to get involved, to get known and to know other people in the body of Christ. I love seeing college students get involved, whether it's serving in the nursery or in other practical contexts, like um, helping out with the youth group. Worship team. Worship team, yeah. Or even like, here's a church work day. We're going to trim bushes and and that sort of stuff. Like, there are a lot of opportunities to get involved in Even showing up to a Sunday school class with their Bibles open before the service starts. Now, that's asking too much. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's getting up at, you know, 8.30 that extra instead hour of 9.30, sleep, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I hope that part of what people hear from us is our love for the local church, that there's something unique about the local church, that when the, when the body of Christ gathers in a local setting like that and hears the word preached and sings together and prays together, there is a very real sense in which it is like we are being transported up into the heavenlies at the same time as the heavenly hosts are worshiping God as we are. I, I don't know if there is a... I think I'm okay with this. Uh, 
for your spiritual growth and your spiritual health, there is nothing better you can do than be in church each and every Sunday. Yeah, I think that's the case. Now, obviously, that's not the only thing you sure. should do to foster your spiritual growth. Um, but I, I would argue, I think you're probably right, that it is the most significant, consistent spiritual discipline you can do. And it's, it's, it's corporate, I lo- and that's the thing. In one sense, it's easy enough to read your Bible on your own, pray on your own, but there's something about being around other believers. I love it when I say something bombastic and you have to, you have to hedge a little bit. Like, yeah, well. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. That's but my job. But there's a chance you're wrong, and I, w- I just want to cover my bases. So well, I appreciate that. That's how this dynamic works. You say <laughs> flamboyant things, and I reel you in. That's exactly how this works. So, um, Okay. Uh, I think, are, are, is there anything else you want to mention before we ask Brent, the voice of God, to give us questions? Uh, no, go ahead. Be Brent. Lay it on us. All right. I, will, I have a few questions here I can send your way. We'll start with the first one. Uh, what to look for? You talked about being involved in the local church, not church hopping, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So what should they look for in a local church? You want to start or you want me to? Yeah, I mean, there, there's, a, there's an organization out there called Nine Marks, uh, and basically that comes from Nine Marks of, uh, of a Healthy Church is the name of the organization. Uh, I don't want to name them all here, mostly because I can't remember them all, <laughs> but go to their website, have a look around, and check out the Nine Marks and, you know, evaluate based on those Nine Marks. That, that'd yeah. be my encouragement. Yeah, so I, I would start with, obviously, you want to make sure that they preach the, the, the true gospel. So you want to make sure that they are faithful to the gospel itself. I, I would want to encourage you to look for a strong, faithful preaching ministry mm-hmm. where, the, where the preachers faithfully teach God's word and apply it to people's lives. Um, I, also, uh, looking for a worship. And now, again, here, here's where I think you've got to be careful that you want to make sure that I think the songs are faithful and true, and there's, there's room for, for variety of styles, I think, within, yeah. in, within music and worship and that sort of thing. So, I don't think there's a specific type. Um, you know, another thing, though, to look for, I think, is, is the church welcoming? Hmm. You know, when you go in and show up, do people greet you? Do people come in, come up to you, notice that you're new? And are there opportunities for you to get involved, both to serve and also to be ministered to. I think that's an important dynamic that, that paying attention to in terms of looking for a, a local church. This is not quite as uh, high on the priority list necessarily, but I think a good sign if there's a diversity of age ranges and economic statuses yep. and even ethnic uh, backgrounds potentially, depending on where we're at here. Um, I think that can be a healthy sign of a church mm-hmm. that is um, focused on the gospel and not just oriented towards one specific demographic yeah. in, a, in, a, in a community. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about 
What value do you think this generation specifically brings to the local church? So you're encouraging them to be there, to get involved. What do you think is unique to this generation and a value that they bring to a bigger, broader group in a church? I mean, you're human, right? <laughs> we think. Yeah, I mean, um, I, yeah, I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts? What does the generation bring? I, I, need to, I need to collect my thoughts. I hadn't thought of that one. So I, I think that this particular generation brings uh, a focus on being honest and open mm-hmm. about where they're at spiritually and, and also a willingness to look at things and say, well, I know we've always maybe done it this way. Is there another way that still embodies the biblical value we're going for, but might work a little bit differently? I think that's true of this generation as they, as they look at some of their own experiences in church and, uh, and bring that to a new context? Yeah. Uh, for the generation broadly, I, uh, there are people in your generation that need to hear the gospel, that need to know that Jesus came to earth and died on the cross for their sins. And you, your generation may be the only people able to reach your generation. Um, we're getting old. Um, we're, we're not going to be able to speak to your generation to in the yourself. same way that you're, you're able to. Uh, each generation, uh, I think, has a duty to carry on the gospel to the next generation, and so we, you need to be thinking about passing that baton to the next generation, even as a college student. And even the emphasis, I think, that many uh, in this generation have on community, on wanting to connect, wanting to relate well yep. to each other. Uh, I think that can be a nice infusion of energy and uh, excitement within a local congregation to model what community could look like. And that might mean, honestly, and this is where I'm going to throw my own generation under the bus. Gen that, X, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that might mean that you as, as a participant in the local church might have to be proactive in pursuing that and not waiting for old fuddy-duddies like us in Generation X to take the initiative. I'm a millennial. Speak for yourself in Gen X. Well, I have plenty of things to say about millennials, yeah. but that's not the part of the podcast we're in, so... All right, Brent, what else you got for us? All right, we have uh, several questions that have come in sort of pointing out the fact that they are still feeling very connected to their home, back home local church, and feeling some tension between trying to stay connected there but trying to be connected here and looking for advice from both of you about that tension. Oh, my goodness, yes. Uh, I remember this being an age-old problem when I was a student where it was just like, I want to come to Grace and find a church that's exactly like my home church, and it doesn't exist. <laughs> um, I, I'd encourage you to have a, a church at your home and, and a church here. Depending on distance, like if you're, if you're from Fort Wayne and you're driving home every weekend, Maybe you just keep the same church. I think that's really good. Uh, However, if you're going to be here, I would actually approach uh, the leadership of your church here in town to be like, to to ask a question about, hey, do you have membership specifically geared toward college students? Mm -hmm. Lots of churches do this. They don't always talk about it. They don't always work through this, but it's you committing to be a part of that local body while you're here in Warsaw and Lake. So that is something worth exploring uh, to me and realizing that no church, no no two churches are going to be exactly the same. Yeah. I think it's good and appropriate to maintain good, close ties to your home church. Um, But I would say that 
I do not think it is healthy to say, well, I love my home church so much that instead of going to a local congregation here on Sunday mornings, I'm just going to watch the live stream nah, and do good. that. No, I would say, no, get, get involved, get plugged into a local church here, and then still watch the, you know, the live stream later to, to maintain your connection. Because it's difficult from a distance for the pastor, for your youth leader, for friends to really know what's going on in your life on a daily basis. It's way easier for a local church within this community yeah. as you're connected to know, man, uh, she's got a tough week coming up with three exams and two papers due. And man, she just needs some extra prayer this week. Must be taking a Dr. Harmon course. Definitely yeah. taking a Dr. Harmon course. So um, can we stop and give a shout out to my Greek class and my uh, New Testament Expo class? They are here in force. I heard yeah. moaning when I said that. So yeah. they, I, I realized they were close. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Um, I give a lot of work in my classes. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm a pretty easy grader, I think. Uh, unlike Dr. Ratza. Yeah. He gives a lot of work and wow. is a hard grader. Okay. Uh, okay, bro. Uh, next question. All right. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, some, some students have been willing to admit that they can sense the desire to go to, the, to a local church is low, and they're wondering how they grow in that desire. Well, it's good to acknowledge that, and... Um, I think as is often the case in our spiritual lives, sometimes our sense of uh, obligation or mm -hmm. duty has to carry us through a season where our desires don't line up. And I think that oftentimes when we are consistent in maintaining that, that uh, going to and being plugged into a local church, even if uh, the desire is not as much there, what I often find is that God uses those experiences to then intensify and increase my desire to be plugged into that local church. Yeah, I, and I think this is good training and just discipline, like learning to rein in your uh, desires or lack of desires and to do something that's beneficial for yourself in the long term. Yeah, and I, I just know from my own experience, I, I love my local church and I look forward to it. But, there, you know, when I go in every Sunday morning, I'm, I'm at somewhere on a spectrum of spiritual, um, you know, spiritual interest, spiritual desire. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you come into church and you're like, oh, what a miserable week. I don't feel any sort of warmth or affection towards God. And then other weeks you come in and I'm like, man, I am just so, I feel so close to God right now. I can't yep. wait to sing and to hear God's word preached. And inevitably, part of that, I think, part of what helps overcome that is even just being honest with someone else, another fellow yeah. believer, like, I'm going, but I'm just not feeling a desire to do that. Will you, will you pray? Will you pray for me and join me in praying that God would change my desires as I'm faithful in the consistently being at a local church? Yeah, 100%. Have a few different questions from students asking about if they recognize things aren't going well at a church or that they're not following scripture in certain ways. How do they discern when to be critical and confront in a local church at this stage in life 
or do they make the decision, this isn't the church for me, I need yeah. to go find a different church? I think part of it depends on, uh, is this a situation where you are already involved in the church and plugged in, and then you begin to notice things that you're like, eh, I don't know about that, I'm a little concerned about that, versus, well, I'm new to a church, I checked it out, this seems off. Like, if it's that, then that might be consideration for, well, maybe I need to keep looking for uh, a church that's a better fit or is more faithful to the gospel. Yeah, and if it is a church you're involved with and you're like, boy, we've taken a hard turn or we've uncovered some things that, that really see unhelpful and untrue, uh, I, I would encourage you at this stage, at the 18 to 22-year-old age, to humbly... Uh, and kindly go to your pastor and just be like, what's going on, bro? You know, well, <laughs> what, what's happening? Uh, and talk through some of those things. There may be a reasonable expl yeah. explanation. Mm -hmm. you, you may be wrong uh, about your perception. Yep. Uh, or the pastor could go, well, actually, you know, I had a vision last night, and all of a sudden, you know, um, just weird stuff, and you're like, all right. Uh, Check, please. Yes, we're, we're going to get out of here, so. <laughs> Yeah, just to add to that, I think that um, it is right and appropriate to approach leadership with questions and concerns, but a lot matters in terms of how you do that. If you do it in a way that starts from a posture of humility that says, okay, I have these concerns. Help me understand why we're doing this or why this is the way it is or why this situation is the way it is. Help me understand what's going on mm -hmm. rather than, I can't believe we're doing this. You know? yeah. uh, and what I would hope, and this is actually another sign of a really healthy church, if the leadership hears you out when you, appro when you approach them humbly, that's a good mark of a church in terms of humble leadership that's willing to hear uh, potential uh, criticism or feed or uh, get get feedback that that's not positive. Yeah. All right. Several students would love to hear you both talk about what tithing should look like for college <laughs> students. This is right up your alley, John. You're an advancement. I know. I I take umbrage with the word tithing. My boss just has a book coming out in March yeah. on the topic of generosity. Um, so go buy Nathan Harris's book on generosity, pre-ordered on Amazon or wherever fine books are sold, which he just got added to Barnes and Noble and Target. Yeah, his book. I just isn't that weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it up for Clap Nathan. Clap it up for Nathan Harris. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think he's here. He would shout if he's here. But yeah, yeah. his book is green. Um, <laughs> is on generosity. Um, it's great to, to, to kiss up to your boss in front of the whole. That's true. Yeah, yeah I didn't well think about done. that, but yeah. you're right. There's probably a good move on my part. Um, <laughs> Dr. Flam endorsed it as well. So, yeah. you know, just really going up the chain. So did I. Yeah, you did. You wrote an endorsement wrote an for endorsement it. For he it. did not ask me to write an endorsement for what? him, believe it or not. That's um, shocking. Okay, well. But... Uh, Brent, could you just repeat the question? I am yeah. so... If we could get back to the question, that'd be great, yeah. John. So the question is, what advice do you have or what thoughts would you offer for these students about tithing in their current stage of life? So I want to talk about giving, not tithing. 
So uh, we can have a debate on whether tithing is a command for uh, the Christian. It's not. Okay. <laughs> Settled. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about giving, not necessarily tithing. If you want a detailed breakdown of why that is, follow up with Dr. Harmon. Um, but uh, giving at your stage in life can be, can be really difficult, particularly when your net worth is negative. Um, so I, I'd encourage you to find some way to give to your local church just to show that you support the mission in some way, shape, or form. Uh, and, and I would make it monetary, uh, monetarily as well. So $5, $10 a month, $2 a month. Um, the, those things matter. Yeah. Um, and it is certainly helpful to your local church, but it's also helpful to your soul as well, realizing that this money is not mine, but it is ultimately God's, and, uh, and I want to be a part of his kingdom-building mission in the world. Yeah, and I would just add that um, you're setting, uh, you're establishing habits yep. at this stage. Even if you don't have a lot of money coming in, you're establishing habits of giving faithfully to a local church. And, um, you know, let's be honest, uh, all of us can find ways to give. I'm thinking specifically financially. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, Jesus did a whole teaching on highlighting the widow's might, this very small amount of money that she gave, even though she didn't have much, in comparison to these wealthier individuals dropping lots of money into the offering box. And so it's not about the size of the gift, it's the heart posture uh, behind it. That's right. All right. I think we need to move on, John, to wrap up. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, if you have more questions, you can uh, come up to us after chapel. But time now for this day in sports history. All right. This day in sports history, January 25th. We're almost yeah. through the first one-twelfth of the year, gone. Almost. Now, normally we have like a list of like five different things that happened in the sports world from football, basketball, baseball, cricket. Yeah, we do cricket. Uh, oh. Yeah, strange fascination with cricket. Uh, cricket's lines do not form sentences. No. I think any cricketeers in the audience? Any, any cricket, cricket, cricketeers? Cric okay, oh, like we, I heard, like, I heard a, a woo. A woo, okay. A singular woo. Okay, uh, so this day, so January This January one we're going to focus on grace yeah. sports yeah. history. January 25th, 2014. Uh, a decade ago. Ten years ago today. Gosh. Uh, Duke Johnson scored his 1,000th point during an 87-82 win for grace against that school we don't like. Yeah, that, let's clap it up for Duke Johnson. You guys are too young to have remembered him, but he was great. He was terrific. Um, he he was had an terrific. old brother, Kyle Johnson, who we yes. called KJ. Yeah. Um, and he played with Scott Moore. Yes, yes. I don't think Duke ever did. No, I think Duke no, was been too young. Yeah. I remember Duke playing, when we went down and played IU, kind of like yeah. we did Purdue this year. Yeah. I remember Duke, I think was a junior at that game. Really, really good ball player. Yeah, yeah. All right. One thing you liked. Okay, so every episode, each of us picks something that we like from that week. It could be a book. It could be a podcast. It could be an event, a meal, anything. Uh, this week, I will exclaim the excellencies of the Fort Wayne Zoo. <laughs> Has anybody been to the Fort Wayne Zoo? Uh, 
I had a, a gentleman I got coffee with in Indianapolis tell me, have you, he asked me, have you been to the Fort Wayne Zoo? And I was like, no. He said, it is far better than the Indianapolis Zoo. Wow. And so I took my two-year-old niece to the zoo over Christmas, and it was magical. Great zoo. Tell your friends, go there. There you go. Okay, my one thing I liked is uh, I'm going to highlight the sermon that my pastor preached this past weekend. Mark Goodwin at Christ's Covenant Church preached a sermon on Genesis 5. That was a real banger. And uh, <laughs> it was on the, on, the, on the topic of death, which you wouldn't think is, is uh, something you want to listen to. But it was fabulous. And I'm going to wrap into that. I love the fact that at the end of every service, he ends the service by pronouncing the blessing from Numbers 6 over us. I love that. I love the fact that he does that, sends us off yeah. on our week um, and, uh, and does that. So that was my one thing I liked. All right, John, we have talked about Grace Men's and Women's Basketball. We have talked about why the local church matters, why we should value the local church. We have talked about Duke Johnson scoring his 1,000th point. And we have talked about the Fort Wayne Zoo. Fort Wayne Zoo, great. You didn't have that on your bingo card, did you? And we talked about a great sermon from my pastor, Mark Goodwin. And so I think by definition, we have covered our various and sundry topics. And so all that's left to say is, until next time. The Lord bless y'all real good. Later.